This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Welcome to Health and Living with me, T. Shao Ik. An injury or health condition that causes temporary or permanent disability can have significant impact on a person's ability to work. But this doesn't mean the end of your career and livelihood. Occupational therapy plays an important role in rehabilitation following an injury or medical condition in order for you to achieve that very important end goal, which is to return to work and employment. So on today's show, I'm going to explore how the social Social Security Organisation, or PROCESO as it's known, provides assistance to individuals through its Return to Work programme. So joining me for this discussion today is Ahmad Zaidin Othman, Senior Case Manager for Rehabilitation and Quality Monitoring from PROCESO. Uh, Din, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. So I think just a big picture first um, to make sure that we're all on the same page and understanding the context that we're discussing in. Um, When someone experiences some sort of disability, um, and I think you could help me understand, you know, the range of causes that this could come from. It could be a medical condition Mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. an injury, right? Uh, Maybe you could sort of like set that very, very big picture first. All right, sure. So basically, as an occupational therapist, we cater a wide range of patients. It can be from orthopedic cases, medical cases, neurological cases, even for psychiatric cases. And with regards to return to a program, every diagnosis actually matters. Right? For example, those with orthopedic cases um, or even stroke cases, uh, with regards I'm mentioning about physical functioning, mm. um, a patient who had a clavicle fracture and also a patient who had a spasticity of hand due to his stroke might have a difficulty in entering a lorry, you know, because they can't grab uh, the roof handles to get up in the lorry. And some of these patients also might find it difficult for them to steer the wheels because some of the vehicle, especially for vans, they don't have power steering. So they will have that difficulty, mm. right? And then more importantly, if they had an injury of the lower limb, the leg, and specificity of the leg, they will find it difficult for them to stand in a longer period and uh, walk in a longer duration. Mm. That's the physical part, but there's also other aspect in return to work. Um, other thing is actually cognitive, which many people, you know, uh, tend to miss out on. Yeah. So one of the important thing is memory, because memory is what helps you, you know, getting up in the morning or what should I do today, uh, getting in the office and whatnot, you know. And then it is important, for example, uh, as a marketing manager, to remember the type of product that yeah. they need to sell. And then if they have that memory issues, they can't sell the product very That's well. Right. That's one thing. And then there's another part in cognitive where we call cognitive flexibility, which is very important because cognitive flexibility allows a person to shift from one task, one cognitive task to another. And this cognitive task, if a person has an issue in this area, they can't actually perform, uh, they can't actually do two things at once. For example, uh, Ms. Shao-Ek, today you are interviewing me with regards to return to work. And if, for example, I'm unable to make it here and then uh, suddenly, oh, you have a backup regarding uh, you're going to touch on all age, for example. If you have 
have cognitive flexibility issue problem, you can't actually change your thoughts from focusing on returning to, to old age. So many people, especially those with acquired brain injury after an accident or stroke, they have this issue. So that is why those with acquired brain injury and those with having uh, acquired brain injury they would require a thorough follow-up in the workplace, mm. right? And then another part is, of course, perceptual skills um, because um, in our everyday life, we go upstairs and then it is important for us to identify the step death and also as a mechanic, you know, finding screwdrivers in all the toolbox can, can be difficult because they don't have the perceptual skills uh, in identifying where the screwdrivers are oh. in that whole lot of uh, toolbox. Oh, all right. And then last but not least is, of course, the psychological and emotional well-being. Um, this is often, um, I say, being ignored in a way because one, of course, they don't have the injury analysis previously and then they don't have um, the mental health issue previously. But because of the injuries and illnesses that they face now, it, it, it somehow aggravates their emotional status. So this really impacts return to work in a way It because... People always think uh, if a person is unable to return to work, it's only about absenteeism issue, not being able to go to work. But there's also a component where we call presentism, where a person is actually able to go to work. However, they are not into it because they don't have the heart, they don't have the capacity or productivity to do that work. So um, as an occupational therapist, we address this whole issue to really ensure that they would be able to to return to work effectively. That is a very vast scope. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's true. So many things I actually took for granted yeah. uh, that I didn't realise would mm -hmm. be disrupted mm -hmm. um, with, it could be a medical condition or injury, right? Yeah. And the outcome is uh, to eventually return to some form of employment. And I'm sure we'll talk later on about whether it is the same job or a modified one. Mm -hmm. But will it matter whether somebody's condition or impairment is temporary or permanent? In a way, both cases are actually difficult, mm. I'd say, because you might see people who had a fracture, you know, in the thumb or the little, little finger uh, might not facing much difficult in their work. However, if we really look into the job description, if that particular person actually types a lot in a day, that actually brings a lot of hurdle for him to do that job. So regardless of whether it's temporary or permanent disablement, it would cause the same effect if it actually uh, impacted the person's job description, if mm. that's what the person needs to do uh, daily. All right. Okay. Um, you know, some people may think that whatever disablement that they've experienced marks the end of the road for them in terms mm. of employment. Um, and perhaps some employers mm -hmm. might think the same way. Yeah. Can, can you address some of the misconceptions that you have encountered when it comes to the ability of somebody to return to work? All right. So the misconception is that many people assume that whenever you met a doctor or you met a therapist, you go for recovery or rehabilitation, you will get your maximum function. By maximum here, I mean 100% of functioning. However, if you notice, most of this professional would say, we will help you to get to your optimum level. By optimum level, because we can't promise that 
if for example you are able to lift your hand uh, your shoulders uh, to reach the mark or cup in the cupboard you might not be able to do it as efficient so, all right so that is why we say we uh, the occupational therapist or the healthcare professional will say we will get them back to an optimum level of functioning all right uh, and the impairment will always be there the disability how little it may be they will always be there is just that It is important that every people, uh, that is the employer, the healthcare professional, and also the family members, in fact, uh, play their roles working together to ensure that this person are able to return to work in a safer and timely manner. Mm. With regards to the misconception by the employer, I say yes, um, there are uh, thoughts, you know, about oh, this workers has been off work for a long time. How or what should we do? Right, and it incur a lot of cost. But what they need to understand, especially to the employer, that this is part of the process. Right, and as I mentioned earlier, you can't get a hundred percent functioning back. There's always going to be pain. All right, and it takes time for the pain to subside. All right, in order for it to become bearable to the patient. All right, so what I would advise to the employer is for you to understand. Uh, people who are having this condition, and it does take some time. And at the end of the day, it actually also I would say depends on the employer to take actions accordingly because we have our act, we have our policies, right? So as long as you go by that, then it shouldn't be a problem. Mm. What is the big picture of that process? Um, mm-hmm. I, and I think you. S- talked about the main players, shall we say, the mm. person themselves, um, employer, yes. healthcare professionals and, yes. and caregivers, mm. right? Um, but what is that journey, um, you know, sort of very generally that a person needs to go through, including OT, but mm. also what what else will, will need to happen? All right. So um, in return to work program, everyone plays an important part. All right. Because At home, we need the family member support in a way to really identify the strengths and weaknesses of the client that we can improve on. And then whether the client are able to, you know, even drive to work from home. If they are unable to drive from home to work, is there any other person that are able to do that? For example, the wife. Or that's why... Um, We are also considering the neighbors or you know close friends because maybe somewhere along the way you know to to this particular client's home or there's there's this neighbor that actually works in the same place so we can actually get their help. Um, that's the general support system. But most importantly is the employer and also the healthcare professional because one, the healthcare professional, they provide a detailed description of the client's condition. And with this detailed condition, we can actually have somehow a rough idea, a rough estimation of how the condition might be and how we can act and react. And for employers, uh, the employer side, basically everyone in the workplace plays their role. The employers, the supervisor, the peers, even the union. Unions play their part. All right. Why? Because this is the support system that is available in the company. If, for example, um, a schizophrenia patient, all right, because uh, mental health matters and we are returning back a lot of schizophrenia patients to work. The problem with schizophrenia patient is uh, most of them doesn't really want to disclose their conditions to the employer. 
Um, but the one that they want to disclose is actually close friends or close peers. So these close peers, what we are doing is we are educating them to identify the signs of relapse. So a moment that the close peers notice this issue, they should alert as occupational therapists. And then um, we can actually come and consult the client and to really identify the issues mm-hmm. to prevent relapse from happening and ensuring them to be able not to return to work, but also to retain at work. Yes, and uh, we will continue this conversation to look at exactly how Perkeso can support both employees and employers in return to work after some form of disability or impairment. Ahmad Zaidin Osman, Senior Case Manager for Rehabilitation and Quality Monitoring from Perkeso, is in the studio with me today. We'll be right back on Health and Living, BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Health and Living with me, T. Xiao Ik. Joining me in the studio today, Ahmad Zaidin Othman, Senior Case Manager for Rehabilitation and Quality Monitoring from Perkeso. And we're discussing the role of both occupational therapy um, in helping people return to work if they've experienced some sort of a disability or impairment following um, various medical conditions or injuries, but not just OT's role, specifically what Perkeso offers as well through its return to work program. So I think let's talk about where does Perkeso come in? Because um, there are a lot of gaps in our awareness and knowledge about mm-hmm. what Perkeso can actually do, mm-hmm. even though um, all of us contribute to Perkeso. We have yeah. that little SOXO contribution, you yes. know, in our salary form every month. Talk to me about where, where do you come in as an organisation and what is your return to work program? All right. So first thing first, um, Perkeso is a social security organization of Malaysia. Um, we provide a social security network protection to uh, Malaysian employees and also employers in a way. So what we do is um, the contribution that uh, many people do, they will benefit it if they had an injury or an illnesses. And among the benefits, uh, because right now we have four acts under us, which is the Employment Social Security Act, we have the Self-Employed Social Security Act, we have the um, Employment Insurance System, and we also have now our new baby, the Housewife Social Security Act. Yes. Right and um, rehabilitation, uh, especially return to work, falls under the rehabilitation and vocational benefits under Act Four or the Employment Social Employee Social Security Act. Where uh, from other parts, there's also um, short term disablement benefit and permanent disablement benefit, and also funeral benefit and stuff. Mm. So um, that's where return to work is. Mm. You know, to provide vocational rehabilitation and also rehabilitation to our contributors to allow them to return to work because um, this this thing because we we're established in 1971 and in 1971 we noticed that um, compensation alone doesn't really replace productivity yeah. you know and when a person had an injury 
we compensate with whatever uh, you know money because of that injury and then that money will actually you know reduce from years year over years mm-hmm. and then when you are unable to work you can actually provide financially for yourself and your family so that is why we provide this return to work program to help you to at least become independent financially in the long run mm. so who is actually eligible for pakeso's return to work program All right. So basically, um, under Act Four, we have two schemes. We have the invalidity schemes, and we also have the employment injury schemes. Basically, everyone is eligible. However, for the invalidity schemes, you need to have at least 12 months of contribution. And by invalidity, I mean um, those who had illnesses or diseases, or those who had. Injuries outside of working hours, right? And those under the employment injury schemes are those who had an injury due to or work-related or during office hours. Mm. Right. Okay, all right. So then let's talk about what this program can provide. Mm. Um, can you broadly sketch out the process that someone would go through from the time that they're diagnosed? Mm-hmm. All right. So first of all, our case managers will be alerted to the case um, if. Um, the insured person those who contribute file their claims to Pekeso for example those who had injury um, they want to claim their temporary disablement benefit uh, and then this will be alerted to the case manager because it appears in our system okay. alright so that's one way and then the second way is we are actually working closely with healthcare providers mainly the doctors the treating doctors the orthopedic doctors the rehabilitation doctors and the, the neurological doctors even psychiatric doctors doctors in identifying clients that are working and require support with regards to return to work program mm-hmm. right so in a way we go to every hospitals every clinic available and then we discuss cases with the doctors and the doctors we refer the case to us yeah. so that's another thing uh, and another way the third way is actually um, we are working closely with the employers as well We have this what we call as return to a coordinator program, and we are also engaging with all employers in identifying issues in the workplace. All right, so employers is actually the major, I'd say, source of referral, and that is the earliest part of information that we can give, uh, that we can get regarding a client's condition because we are very close to the client, right? However, there is also an issue with the employers because an accident that occurs in the workplace will be alerted as early as possible because that need to be reported by the safety and health officer. However, accident that occurs outside of the workplace, that will be an issue because in a way there's no specific system for that. Yeah. So most of these cases go unreported. To Pekeso. So that is why we go to the workplace, we engage with the employers to identify for them to actually acknowledge, oh, there are cases, um, even for three days of MCs, they need to be alerted because these three days, if it accumulates for several weeks, it can, you know, actually take years right? if we accumulate the total of days uh, off work mm-hmm. uh, MC um, in which most uh, patients with mental health issues are, are facing they're taking uh, frequent rest uh, frequent MCs alright and surprisingly uh, uh, surprisingly previously before COVID I'd say 
if we went to the employer and promote the return to work program, the top three issues uh, in the workplace is either back pain, stroke or cardiac issues. Mm-hmm. But after COVID, number one issues other than back pain and also stroke, number one is actually mental health issues, yeah. which is quite alarming. And then it's actually quite good because many employers are acknowledging that issues now. And it allows us to really, you know, provide intervention for that because previously it's like you know oh it's a no no look no talk about That's issues right, right? Yeah. so yeah. it's actually really good uh, and more more and more companies are actually approaching us in helping them identifying uh, intervention strategies to help um, these mental health issues right is there a delay do you find in people presenting to Perkeso and does it matter if you know you can s- sort of shorten that window mm-hmm. and start interventions earlier yes yes uh, in fact um, that is why we are engaging with the employer because previously we noticed because um, the moment that the employee had an injury um, they make some they need some time to report to the employee or supervisor and it may take up weeks or even months before it being alerted to Pekeso because the the claims are being delayed to Pekeso, right? So that is why we engage directly with the employers for them to really uh, inform us early because in disability management program in which uh, written to a Pekeso adhered to, uh, we always believe in early intervention. Mm-hmm. And with early intervention, we can prevent unnecessary issues and that is why like I said earlier we engage with the employer but you know in engaging with employer is also involving some sort of education yeah. where employers really need to do have a systematic identification or alert system in which even for one day of MC if it is you know for a period weekly basis it need to be alerted to if the HR see, yeah. as well because if you see patterns yes yeah. patterns yes yeah. yes exactly so um, talk about the whole uh, process of intervention I guess right mm-hmm. how do you assess um, what a person would need and what kinds of interventions and and mm-hmm. then what it's what does that journey look like all right. So, um, with regards to assessment that they need, one, of course, the diagnosis information for the doctors is crucial because the more specific the diagnosis are, the more that we can pinpoint the, I'd say, the functional outcomes that the client might have. For example, um, stroke, which part of the brain with regards to functions because uh, someone who have a frontal lobe might have a motor movement issues. The one with occipital lobe might have, you know, some sort of um, hearing issues or balance issue. So uh, if we know this information earlier, it would get a better picture of the client's information. Um, and the second part is also the most important thing is we for us to identify the job description and also the workplace uh, itself. Mm-hmm. Because uh, when we know the limitation, we can actually predict what sort of limitation that they might have in the workplace. All right. Uh, for example, a clerk in company A and company B might have different roles. Clerk in company A, if, for example, both of them have uh, an injury of the upper limb, right? for example, fracture of the shoulder. All right. Clerk in company A will require him or her to lift an object. 
but Clark in company B doesn't require him or her to lift an object. So obviously Clark in company A would face, you know, more difficulty in this issue, right? And uh, that's the, uh, if we are depending on the job description alone. But workplace also come into a picture because, um, for example, uh, both Clark A and Clark B have to do lifting activities. However, Clark A need to do it manually in a way that they need to climb stairs in order to go to the store and then pick mm. up the object. And then Clark in, uh, Clark in company B have uh, escalators or elevators that will actually help them to ease their burden in terms of lifting activities. And most probably uh, Clark in company B would have trolley uh, in which would help them to transfer the objects from one place to another easily. Mm. All right. So that is why we can't actually say, oh, patient with um, shoulder fracture is actually hard to return back to work because they can't lift object. We can't do that. We need to really identify specifically what sort of work that they need to do. And then uh, after this issue, then we can uh, identify the limitation that they have. But most importantly, that people tend to look, uh, to mislook is actually the social support and the socioeconomic status of the client. Because at the end of the day, the ultimate motivation for a person to return to work is about money, right? Yeah. Uh, to provide themselves uh, and also those close to them financially. Yeah. And if in the earlier part they have this, uh, you know, money issues, it would actually delays the return to work process. It actually hinders the return to work process. Many cases in which I've uh, handled, uh, for example, because they have high commitment, when they have high commitment, they are in high debt, and because they are not working, they don't have uh, the means to pay the debt. And the solutions for them is to take more debt, mm. which is from, and mostly are from, you know, unlicensed moneylender, which is not good for them. So that is why as a case manager or as an occupational therapist, we would uh, redirect them to the necessary government agencies that can provide counselling regarding financial. Wow. Yeah. So you even look at those aspects. Yes. You know? we, we, we actually engage with all other NGOs. We work with AKPK, we mm. work with welfare department, every agency is available to allow them to return to work. Wow. Okay. Okay. So um, I had this idea in mind when you said rehab and vocational rehab, it's, it's very much the physical therapy mm-hmm, part mm-hmm, of things, mm-hmm. but you're actually looking at every potential barrier yep. uh, in, exactly. in the environment, right? Exactly, yeah. yes, yes. In disability management or in Pakesu's return to work program, we look into a holistic manner. And in a holistic manner, we don't look into the physical limitation, but we also look into the cognitive limitation, the socioeconomic limitation that I mentioned earlier. And, and, and basically, that is why in disability management process, everyone is involved. Yeah. What about family situation? Mm-hmm. If they have or don't have caregivers, perhaps who, who could also support them. Uh, is that something that you can facilitate as well? With regards to family support, mm-hmm. um, it's a bit challenging. You would only know a person truly, really, when you face difficulties, mm-hmm. right? And most, I wouldn't say most, but there are people who are, when they are at that juncture, when the person that they support or the person that they live with had that sort of issues, 
they tend to actually ignore them, mm-hmm. you know, being left out. So this has always been an issue really. So what we do is actually we really work closely with the welfare department on how we can help in providing support with regards to place and stuff. But it may come to a point that we are actually also looking to the neighborhood, you know, the community help and even if Zakat can help actually provide temporary shelter for this person. Okay. Uh, we have case managers with counselling background. Those who have family issues, they can actually uh, come and meet with our counsellors, case managers with counselling background, and they will provide family counselling and they can help uh, with that issues. All right, we'll go for a quick break. Uh, and when we come back, we will dive into what takes place in the rehab and vocational rehab side of things. I'm speaking to Ahmad Zaidin Othman, Senior Case Manager for Rehabilitation and Quality Monitoring from Perkeso or the Social Security Organisation in our discussion on return to work. So stay tuned to BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Health and Living with me, T. Shaoik. In the studio with me today, Ahmad Zaidin Othman from Perkeso. He's a senior case manager for rehabilitation and quality monitoring with our social security organization. And um, we've been discussing Perkeso's return to work program, which is a, a comprehensive and very collaborative uh, program that facilitates uh, rehabilitation for employees who contribute to SOXO, uh, who have experienced injuries or diseases. Uh, and this is all to support them uh, for an early and safe return to work. So we've talked about the kind of assessment, you're looking at workplace functions, job demands, as well as the setup at the workplace and uh, how that would sort of feed into how you work with every individual um, that comes through your doors. Now, let's look at the rehab process that they actually go through, right? So what takes place in both rehabilitation and vocational rehabilitation? So um, there's two things. Um, again, the rehabilitation part, the normal part, the physical and cognitive rehabilitation that we provide. And then there's also vocational rehabilitation, which is um, different from the normal rehabilitation. In vocational rehabilitation, we are actually identifying issues and we are actually providing skills. So the ultimate aim of vocational rehabilitation is upskilling and reskilling uh, of what Ever abilities that the client may have that can be improved or that can be introduced to this client mm-hmm. so that this client would be able to be, in a way I say, uh, independent in providing financial for themselves. Mm-hmm. All right. So a follow-up for this vocational rehabilitation. So before a follow-up actually, uh, for example, a lorry driver because the thing with lorry driver is once you injured your arm there will be difficulties in you you know driving the lorry and then there's only few options left yeah. either you quit the job or you be a clinton which is basically the ones that sits to next to the lorry driver in which most lorry driver don't want to because yeah. they need to share their income then yeah. if for example they gain 10000 then they need to split the amount and then the other thing that is where vocational rehabilitation come into place because for example in the company uh, there is a vacancy for example in clocking activities clocking duties however in clocking duties you need to have a good excel skills mm. so that is where vocational rehabilitation 
automation comes into the picture where we can also provide upskilling and reskilling for this lorry driver to learn about Microsoft Excel so that, hey, if you can't do your job as a lorry driver, you can do this job which is vacant in your company. Mm-hmm. And, and at least uh, he can actually retain at the same employer, which yeah. is our, our main goal is for them to retain with the same employer first before finding a new job with different employer and, and for them to return to work. And then another part of vocational rehabilitation is because uh, there are some cases in which the client are unable to return in a competitive labor market. So what we do with this client is we provide with vocational rehabilitation to prepare them to become an entrepreneur for mm. them to at least become self-sufficient and there is a follow-through and follow-up program uh, with the entrepreneurial program because we have the entrepreneurial support system where we work again with other agencies, you know, because our government has a lot of, you know, good agencies, uh, for example, the INSCAN, all right, Institute Kusahawan and Negara, to provide uh, the necessary skills and training for them to be an entrepreneur. And also uh, we have the counselling, uh, yes. psychological support and emotional well-being mm-hmm. uh, where it is uh, a registered counsellor part of our case managers that also provide this counselling to the client and most importantly we have a workplace support uh, intervention expert WSI uh, where because there are some cases especially those with a COVID brain injury stroke for example who may have difficulties in getting back to work like I mentioned uh, in the earlier part um, there are components in which we call as cognitive flex Flexibility. So m- not most, but some stroke patient uh, will have difficulty in do you know in alternating the task. For example, if you have mm-hmm. five job description, mm-hmm. um, these people would only be able to focus on one at one given time. So our WSI expert would come to the place. It can go up to like uh, they can stay up to the workplace up to for eight hours for the whole day and then for the week they can go to two to three days to provide support to the employees and to actually educate um, the client and also the peers and also the, 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 the actually the workplace on how to support the client and also to teach the client on how to do their job how mm. to perform their duty for mm. example if they need to open the computer to do Excel so they will teach them step by step basis alright mm. there's also cues so um, that's uh, the amount of support and also rehabilitation provided in return to a program. Do you send employees or individuals to specific centres to do oh, these, like right. the, the skills training and things like all that? All right, yes. Um, uh, in return to a program, because in Perkeso, we have our uh, rehabilitation centres in Malacca. However, we do understand some people have issues, you know, travelling and then because they have family members behind, uh, they won't be able to leave them behind. So, um, under return to a program, we have appointed around 191 panels all over Malaysia that provide rehabilitation services um, to the clients. Um, the ultimate aim for us to provide this rehabilitation, uh, to appoint these rehabilitation panels is actually because um, we identify issues in which, um, because we provide universal healthcare and we when we provide universal healthcare, um, there is an increased demand and there's a lot of people. And so basically our government hospitals are actually packed yeah. with clients. Yeah. And then the next appointment for a particular client for return to work rehabilitation program might be in another two weeks or another month. So that is why we appointed several panels to address these issue, issues in which we are helping the Ministry of Health because we are working together as a team uh, for the client to be able to undergo rehabilitation as frequent as possible 
for them to benefit from the program. Yeah. Do you also help with, say, any physical modifications that mm-hmm. might be required at the workplace or assistive technology and things like that? Yes, yes. We do provide uh, assistive devices and also modification. So uh, there's actually three things here. Now, one, with regards to assistive devices, for example, if a client with below knee amputation uh, and then his job description might require him to do a lot of walking or even climbing, we will assess the case. And then if there is a description or recommendation letters from the doctors, we will look into it and then we will go and do a worksite assessment to really look into the workplace. And we will provide the leg, the, the leg processes for them, for him or her to be able to work. Mm-hmm. And that with regards to assistive device. And then we do also provide modification, car modification and also workplace modification because there are some issues, especially with stroke cases in which they are unable to use their hand properly because of their specificity. So they need, they might need to add knob uh, in the steering wheel in order for them to oh. maneuver uh, better. Uh, so this sort of modification also can be covered uh, by Pekeso. However, before doing that, they must first get recommendation from the treating doctors or the healthcare professionals and there's no beautification. For example, because, you know, if you're changing the knobs, then the, the purely on the knob, is the beautification <laughs> process is not part of the claims. <laughs> uh, so only that. Um, but they also need to um, register under the welfare department to get their uh, uh, OKU, card. OKU card because uh, when they have the OKU card they can apply for OKU license and when they have the OKU licenses only then we can uh, easily do the modifications before uh, being inspected by JPJ and Puspacom so it's a long way actually it's a long process it is <laughs> but the, the 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 privileges are yep. there yeah yes uh, it just takes some paperwork yes. admittedly yes. Uh, does Pokeso face challenges in sort of like convincing employers and organisations that, you know, this is an investment that's um, worth making, mm-hmm. uh, that they should support employees' return to work? All right. Um, that's a big hurdle, actually. <laughs> because I think um, not only in Malaysia, but all over the world, it is hard to convince employer on the benefits of return to a program because I understand when it comes to employer, dollar and cents matters. Mm-hmm. However, we must understand one thing uh, with regards to um, they need to empathize and they need to put their place on this client's place. All right. Um, and what's worse is, uh, before I come to the cost factor, right? Yeah. Uh, what's worse is there is an increase of the middle age and also older population. Yeah. Meaning there's a shrinkage in the uh, younger population in the workforce. Yeah. All right. Now, that's one thing. Now, another data is in 2022 itself, uh, the road traffic accident reported around 500,000, if I'm not mistaken, road traffic accidents reported. Uh, and then they estimated around 1,500 cases of road traffic accidents per day. So that's a lot. 
and you can imagine how many people are be, being uh, you know disabled by that and then another thing is WHO predicted that in 2040 one in four Malaysian will suffer from stroke mm-hmm. so considering this factor and then the earlier parts that I've mentioned that we have higher life expectancy meaning there will be more people who are disabled or have some sort of impairment in the future yeah so if we don't provide this accommodation now we will have issues in the future uh, in which we will have shortage of manpower and we and our labor market will collapse so that is why as an employer we need to action to take the action now uh, so that when the times come we can actually plan and prepare better for, for for the whole nation actually for the nation for the betterment of the nation right so identify the issue because we need to be in their in their shoes empathize all right with regards to costing factor of course with dollar and cents hiring uh, a simple cost of hiring new people is cheaper however they must also uh, acknowledge that rehiring process because um, before you rehire the person you need to go through a lot of interviewing process and then there's a lot of you know if for example the person are able to do the work you need to make other people do their job for, for the time being and then that product productivity if count into dollars and cents that actually cost more for the employers and also the cost of retraining mm-hmm. is actually quite high so uh, in a way um, that's how we look into the cost factor of rehiring uh, we compared to retaining the current employee mm, that's right um, so with the um, rise in the gig economy yes. um, are gig workers um, eligible to contribute to and benefit from Perkeso alright um, our gig workers those in the informal sectors are covered as long as they contributed to the self-employed social security mm. uh, return to work program is covered for them mm, yes yes uh, a lot of them are very high risk as well yes right? high risk yeah Um, you know, let's say we've um, gone through this process, there's the rehab, the vocational rehab, working with employers, the workplace and everything. Um, and I suppose it is ongoing while the individual transitions back to work as well, right? But um, how long would you sort of continue to work with them for or or follow up with them? Mm-hmm. And, and, and at what point do you say, okay, Perkeso's job is done. Um, you know, you're good to go now. <laughs> All right. So uh, here's the thing. When we evaluate the client, we, of course, we do the functional capacity evaluation with a specific assessment with regards to work capacity and work functioning. And then normally the results also already come up with the necessary modifications that is required uh, for the client to do and, uh, and also what are the suggestions for modifications. Um, but when the clients are able to return to work, we will monitor the case as minimum of three months because here's the thing. Um, when you provide rehabilitation and the data from the functional capacity evaluation shows that the client are able to work with modified duties and stuff, but there is always an issues being in the, you know, in the real environment. The real world, so yeah. that is why we provide support up to a minimum of three months because there's always an issue, you know, because I've had cases in which I still monitor up to period of two years wow. and this case is actually a stroke case uh, in which like I mentioned earlier he has a cognitive flexibility issues and when he has cognitive flexibility issues we discuss with the employee we negotiate in a way with the employers where 
for the first three months we gave him um, this uh, duty and then the next three months this duty the following month this duty and then whatever issues arises um, the employers can just give me a call and then I just come to the workplace and then identifying what Ever issues there is and provide support uh, uh, to 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 the workers. All right, and and with regards to the success in returning the client back to work early, it actually depends on two things. Um, the first one is actually um, the injury itself. All right, because some injury might recover faster. And the second part is actually the development of job bank, in which Malaysian uh, Malaysia most employees in Malaysia doesn't have job bank. Job bank is not merely a job description. A job bank, uh, a job bank actually tells you the required skills or transferable skills required for every positions in a company. Mm-hmm. All right. For example, um, with regards to the marketing manager I mentioned earlier. If, uh, because, okay, the three main things as a marketing manager need to do is they need to do a presentation to the customer, they need to do paperwork, and then sometimes they need to do some sort of costing analysis. All right, because this client, this stroke client have a speech impairment. So, of course, um, there will be an, uh, uh, you know, presenting will be an issue. So, all right, we remove that out. Okay, maybe, and we've discussed with the employer and the employer said, oh, okay, presentation, we can give it to someone else. So it become a non-essential task for the client. So we focus on the essential task, which is preparing the paperwork. All right, so uh, when we get the essential task, the non-essential task and stuff, so the job bank actually uh, helps identifying, oh, okay, this client needs to do paperwork. If the clients only, you know, do desk activity, So what are the positions in the company that actually matches with his role, with his uh, mm-hmm. you know, qualification and also which are the department that we can place him? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the issue because we, when we don't have a proper job bank, um, accommodating to this client needs to the appropriate or proper job mm-hmm. would be you know, challenging. difficult, ch- yeah. challenging. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we have an upcoming uh, International Public Employment Forum or IPEF 2023 which will be held on 11 to 13 of October. Uh, you can join us uh, to understand more about our labour market and one of the focuses will be on marginalised group which also includes includes those who had impairment or disability. For more information, you can go to our website IPEF 2023 that is IPEF 2023 at Pekeso .gov.my sorry and for people who want to know more about Pekeso's return to work program which we've uh, just spent the last uh, mm-hmm. you know program talking about where can they go to read up and find information and get connected alright they can uh, head on to our website pekeso.gov.my and then under that you can actually scroll uh, under the vocational and rehabilitation benefit and then that explains the return to work program uh, they can contact uh, our customer service pekeso at pekeso so.gov.my and then you can just put on the subject uh, return to work program and then we are more than happy to assist you and our customer service will direct the email to us yeah all right thank you so much for such a comprehensive 
detailed and very, very, very helpful explanation of all the benefits that you can get through Pakeso's Return to Work program. Very relevant for uh, our society today where um, there are many uh, health conditions that can lead to disabilities, whether temporary or permanent, um, or uh, injuries and accidents as well. So I've been speaking to Ahmad Zaidin Osman, Senior Case Manager for Rehabilitation and Quality Monitoring under Perkeso. And we've been discussing Return to Work. You've been listening to Health and Living, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.